Hi guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is sort of an emergency episode. We are going to talk about the David and Joku four-year extension that we just heard announced worth 56.75 million, including 28 million guaranteed. There are a ton of details that still get announced on these things. The way the Browns maybe protect themselves in terms of some outs after maybe it's a two-year deal with uh, moving target numbers. There's post-June 1st cap hits, all that stuff. So there's a lot to learn here. We just know what the numbers are right now. But lucky enough to be joined by Pete Smith of Browns Digest SI, who took some time here on a on a Friday 5.30 window. Pete, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> well, let's talk about it. What's your immediate reaction to this deal? And then we'll sort of dig in on the granular stuff, too. Well, the number doesn't – the only thing that surprises me about the deal is the length. I thought they were going to go three years because I thought it was going to sort of fit in this pocket they have with Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and Jonathan uh, – and, and um, what's his face, the safety? Um, John Johnson, yeah. Yeah, John Johnson. Because that's the deal they went with uh, for all those guys. Like they reserved the five-year deals for Watson and Garrett and Ward. Um, so this four-year structure is sort of interesting. Uh, but the money doesn't surprise me. I, I thought throughout this season he was going to get in the ballpark of $15 million per year. That's just where the position is going. Uh, if you look at contracts that have sort of recently come out, like the, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Browns fans were weirded out by the fact that the Browns had so much invested in uh, Austin Hooper and David Njoku last year. And, mm-hmm. this, and uh, you know, the tight ends the Patriots have are <laughs> scheduled to make something like $30 million. Um, it's just, it's just where it's going and it's not going to change. You're going to see guys get paid more like wide receivers. So if you look at it from that standpoint, um, you have all this, this salary cap that's going to keep exploding. Um, it feels like the Browns got in on this early and by virtue of the fact that he was on a $10.9 million, uh, franchise tag hit, if it follows the structures that they've done with every single other guy they've signed, the Browns are going to save money in year one, which is the whole reason they do this because then they roll that money over into year two. And that's going to help pay for the rest of the deal. Um, all this is contingent on Njoku being good, understandably, but, it, <laughs> but the immediate reaction is, you know, why are the Browns paying this much money? It's because they look at it and they go, we can save money in year one uh, to help pay for year two and year three. And if Njoku is great on on that franchise tag, they've lost money in year one and they have to pay even more in the future. So it's it's a gamble by virtue of the fact that Njoku's production is not proven. There's just no getting away around that. But um, betting on who he is, the the person, the player, the athleticism and, and some of this is obviously betting on Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson being able to sort of elevate this team. Uh, but you, know, you, you come back, and obviously we do this every year, uh, David Njoku is only going to be 26 in July. Uh, and, and I get it. It's been sort of a – it's been a long ride since the 2017 NFL draft. You're sort of waiting for this guy to to, to break out in your you, – you know, what's going to be your seven – your six, year seven for him. Uh, but I, I think the argument – from a financial standpoint, and really, you can apply this to anything the Browns do. It's follow the money. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what's interesting to me, it's kind of piggyback on you talking about the player being good, getting better, being worth it in the future. I actually thought some of that was tied into Denzel Ward. While while Denzel has been pretty good, I think we can all agree he hasn't quite been elite yet. And I think what they're banking on in that contract is another level of play from him. So much to your point here with, with Njoku, I think they're also banking on, hey, we know what a baseline looks like for this guy. We've seen the progression over the recent years. And... We think that there is a level to be unlocked. Yes, it does obviously include the Deshaun Watson thing. I really think you're making a great point about they're taking a risk. And if if you consider the franchise tag, you have to consider, yeah, that the 10.9 number would be nice, whatever, protect your future. But you're kind of making a risk reward play here where if you didn't sign him, you're talking about a great point is you don't save as much the first year and then you're paying him more into the future because he's going to obviously demand more. The tight end market is interesting. Actually, before we start talking money, we got to start talking about the play. I think, Pete, I think there's some things that are easily explainable. He arrives 2017, 2018, has a pretty strong contribution as a pass catcher with some really tumultuous quarterback situations. We know what 2017 was with Kaiser. I think Kevin Hogan was getting some starts that got a start or something. He played uh, a decent number of games. I think I, I think he ended up, let me see real quick, 32, 386, 4. The next year, he gets uh, Baker Mayfield's stronger rookie season. He climbs up to 56, 639. We all think the breakout's coming. If you recall, 2019 game, the Jets, I think that was like week two or week three. The Jets then gets his wrist broken on a hospital ball thrown late in his direction. That year's a wash. 2020 coming back. I don't think it's any secret that there was something going on with that coaching staff and David, and it was a part of the time that he wanted out of Cleveland. So that year's pretty poor. It seems like he buys back in in 2021. And in a weird offensive year with a beat up quarterback and inconsistencies all around, he goes 475 and four. So the thought here is the pass catcher has an 800 to 1,000 yard ceiling. If he can put it together for a full season, the quarterback play uh, accentuates his skill set. All of that becomes a little bit more consistent. I think he arrived, and you can disagree with this, Pete, if you want, but I think he arrived 
with an interest in blocking with no foundational understanding of how to do it. So if you look at his run, his run blocking grades have actually improved year over year for the most part. And I'm not a huge grades fan. Uh, I don't, I don't love pro football focuses blocking grades, but I do think they give you an indication of at least a baseline. He's gotten much better as a run blocker, in my opinion, especially improving over the last two years. And he's actually improved pass blocking opportunities when they've been given to him too. He was terribly disinterested and almost offended when they kept him in the pass block at times in his early career to being pretty respectable in those situations where they max protect and things of that nature. I don't think they're going to do much of that. I think he's going to ultimately be a, f- a player who's out on routes pretty consistently, heavily involved in RPO stuff. But I think you can see the dip in production to me is easily explainable. And 2019 and 2020 are very, uh, I think, easy to identify plays. 16 games last year, I think he looked like he was himself again, bought back into Cleveland. I felt pretty good about that stuff. So I don't know. The player to me, and we're kind of projecting here because this is what they would be doing around the front office at this time, Pete, is you know looking at the player on a whiteboard. I see a guy who has another couple tiers, and you pointed out he's only turning 26 this year. This is why you draft these guys so young so they can become these fully realized, I know what I need to do in the ways I can find success in the NFL type of guys into a second contract. It's amazing that we're talking about Njoku's second contract in 2022 when this guy has been around what feels like forever. So this is where you really see the window stretch out. And this is how, you know, this is how you can evaluate these guys to give them these type of deals, right? Yeah. So the key for me with Njoku is 2018. And the reason I say that is that was the year, obviously, he finished at top 10 in, in tight end receiving yards. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and think about what was on that team, it wasn't because it was some star-studded group. Because it wasn't. Jarvis Landry led the team in receiving yards in a really inefficient year, but nevertheless um, had that. And then you had Antonio Callaway. You had Rashad Perryman. You had Rashard Higgins. You had Rod Streeter on that team. Not that he did anything, but he was on that team. Damian Ratley got reps. Darren, Darren Fells got reps. Obviously, had Baker Mayfield take over after the the start of uh, uh, the, the start by Tyrod Taylor before the concussion, and, and he sort of took over. But the the reason Najoku was good that year wasn't because everybody else was good. It was just because they had an offense that could create a ton of space for him. And you can recall situations where, you know, whether it was because you had guys like Perriman or Callaway or whatever basically being able to run down the perimeter of the field, there was nobody left. And like, I, I can't remember what game, the Cincinnati Bengals where David Njoku catches what amounts to be like, you know, a six yard pass and then runs for 50 because there's nobody left for him to take. And yeah. I think that stuff's important. So not only did he have the most receiving yards last that year, but he also had the more most yards after the catch that year. And the the second most he's ever had, I think, that was this past year, which is great because you think about like the Chargers game, you're going, this is peak Njoku. This is what we want. This is the guy who can be a pro bowler. This is the guy who can be an elite player. Um, but for the most part, most of the yards after catch this year and last year were off of screens. And there's no shame in that. It's just that's, you know, that's that's manufactured yards after catch as opposed to, you know, catching a ball down the field and then making a play after it. So when you incorporate Deshaun Watson and obviously the Browns are going to be big on RPOs and some of the stuff, but just, you know, play breaks down and he rolls out and you can go back to, to watching him when he was with the Texans 
and how many times he finds just because of how much attention he, he, he takes up where he just dumps the ball over a defender's head. And it's to like the playmaker, Darren felt, I mean, he's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I understand, but nevertheless, you dump the ball over his a guy's head and then the tight end catches it. And the defense is so worried about DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and all these other guys that this tight end is just catching with no one there. So if that happens twice with Najoku all season, that's, you know, like 40 yards each or something like that. He like, he can create those plays. So you can easily see where like that type of thing works out really, really well. The other part with Deshaun Watson that I look at and, and watching is where Deshaun Watson was at his best was he's really, really good at throwing boundary deep balls. Uh, you know, and obviously yeah. he had guys that could go get it, but he really excels at throwing sort of that catchable uh, ball that's sort of in the corner and going up. Well, yes, I want him to do that with the Browns and, and having guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper and God willing, Anthony Schwartz, he can do that. But you then look at it and you go, well, if the safeties are now worried about these passes that are going to the corners, who's left to cover Najoku potentially deep down in the middle of the field? And again, it becomes a massive matchup problem. And, and, and I always harp on this every chance I get. But part of the reason that, uh, that David Najoku is really threatening is because he's really good in the straight line and those sort of weaving routes. And he's not as good as in terms of changing direction and all those things. But because of the fact that you have guys who can create space all over the field, now they can't sort of clog up Najoku and just sort of lean on him and, and hold him and do all these other things. He gets to run. Like, that's a dream scenario for him. So, like I said, you, you can look at it and you go, well, he's only averaged X amount of yards per season, and, and I, I'm totally with it. But to the point of what does this offense look like now and and what does his skill set look like within where the Browns are hoping to be going – then it becomes a lot more attractive. And, and you know, just going from Austin Hooper to Harrison Bryant, again, I look at a guy who who thrives off of space rather than creates it. Um, I think Harrison Bryant can can be helpful in that mold as well. So I just look at this and I, and I see, obviously depending on what happens with Watson and everything, but I just see a circumstance where Najoku has so much more reason to be successful than he's had in, in past seasons. Yeah, other little caveats here to to add to your point. You know, I still have some issues with Njoku catching the football when it's below his. We have to turn his hands over, but he's been fine catching the football. I mean, he had eight drops his second year in 2018 when his his uh, highest target year. But every year after that, the the inter- or sorry, the drop rates have been low. Two, three, two, 2019, 20, and 21. So I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. There are some things hand eye coordination. I wish he were a little bit better at, but for the most part is is relatively fine in those things. His receiving numbers across his career have been good uh, in terms of his production per target. He did get 118 slot snaps, so I, I, I'll be interested to see what they do with him in the slot considering some of the personnel around him, but that uptick was good. And then more contested catch opportunities, 21 in 2018, 20, it looks like at 18 in 2017, cri- climbed up to 14 again in 2021. So I'd like to see some faith in him to go get the football. I think we all agree he can go up and get it. He's a high point guy. He's a rebounder type. He can do that stuff. He can box you out. I think those opportunities will be there in the way they're going to structure this offense too. Other little caveats. It looks like he'll be top seven in uh, average per year because the Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith group is at 12.5 and then Mark Andrews jumps to 14. Browns are, um, uh, let me see here. There was only on their one little caveat I wanted to add. It was from ESPN stats and info. 
the only team in the NFL to have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end all rank in the top seven at their position in guaranteed money. Doesn't bother me because I think you can work those things out like we've talked about here, um, how you kind of structure those out and and how you pay out those bonuses and things. I'm not bothered by that. I do think they've got flexibility in some of those guys, obviously, in Nick and uh, Amari, but uh, it's interesting to me. I think I think David's deal is it doesn't come without risk, Pete, as we both mentioned, but I think you can see where they're coming from and has a real potential to be the type of deal that we look at in a few years and pretty thankful they signed it about this time. Any other closing thoughts? Yeah, just that. I mean, if David Njoku was an unrestricted free agent, I think he would have gotten this this much money, if not more, um, if yeah. he, he was out on the open market. And I suspect, as we've seen with Denzel Ward, as we saw with Miles Garrett, uh, it may not happen quite as quickly, but the next guy is going to get way more money than him, and and we're going to go on so forth and so on. I mean, you know, if you want to get nuts, you can already project ahead and go. Kyle Pitts is probably going to get twenty five million dollars a year. I mean, obviously yeah. that's a, several years away, but that's just sort of what it is. And and we do this, we we get worry about sticker shock. It wears off pretty quickly once you start thinking about it. It's not Christian Kirk. I mean, it's just not. There's far more reason to believe in this than 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 that than a contract like that one. So I, I, I get it. It has to work as a lot of these things have to work. But there's a lot of reason to believe in it, and there's a lot of reason to at least understand the, pro- the, the their thought process and why they do things the way they do. Because you can apply this to sort of going forward on 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 moves they're going to make in the future. Yeah, and I would I would kind of close myself with I think you got to as you're looking at the stat. A lot of people will point to the stats, and that's fine. You know, I get it. I've seen people point to Travis Kelsey having that many catches, you know, in, in a year and a half span compared to Njoku's career. I get all that. I totally get it. Reminding you again that the Browns are paying for the future here. They're not paying for past production. We always talk about this with contracts. Are you paying for the future? Or are you paying for what somebody has done? And if you should be doing it right, you're paying for the future and what you think a guy is going to ultimately do because that's where you look at a deal and you're like, wow, the franchise got it right. Now, that doesn't come without risk, but nonetheless. Also, too, it's important to remember that that blocking stuff for a tight end is not something that is tangible all the time. Now, again, I know there's pro football focus grades, but you don't see people argue that all too often. And what David can do from an inline, Y, slot, like Pete mentioned earlier, those boundary throws as an X receiver alignment to go up and get the football and those those fade opportunities, whether down the field or in goal line, those things are what you like about a player. That's what the Browns like about him. He can block from different alignments. We all know they're going to be throwing the football more with their quarterback change but they're still going to need Harrison Bryant and David Njoku to block. And David has shown exponential growth as a blocker. And that is an important thing to remember when just looking at receiving statistics. And again, we both expect the receiving statistics to improve, but nonetheless, the blocking stuff is, is there. It's, it's real. And if you watch the tape of the guy play, you can see how every facet of both run and pass game he's improved. He's committed to it. He tries his butt off when doing it, and when he puts it all together, there are some finishing plays of him uh, knocking guys around, whether in the tackle box or driving guys embarrassingly into the sideline that that matter. Those are tone-setting plays that we talk about. The Browns' offensive line loves it. Um, their offense in general thrives on that, and I don't think that's going to change completely despite the quarterback change. So, uh, Pete, man, listen, great stuff overall. The Browns are inking players that they have drafted, and we love to see that, man. Thanks for taking time. Yep. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. Appreciate your time. And listen, a fun little way to send us off into the weekend. 
Browns inking their guys that they're drafting and uh, continue to check out the OBR for coverage on that and continue to check out SI Browns Digest where Pete will write up some great stuff on it too and um, well worth your time. So thanks guys again for checking out today's show and it's kind of an emergency episode. We'll see. Maybe we'll get something else out over the weekend. Thanks for your time. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.